Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tennis Express. Please check them out this week by going to EssentialTennis.com slash Express. Thank you very much for joining me on today's episode of the podcast. Really looking forward to getting to two new listener questions today, two different topics. The first one is going to have to do with creating more topspin in order to more successfully hit big angles from the baseline to pull your opponent off the court. And we're going to talk about the technique of that and, and how to do that best. And then secondly, we are going to talk about making more volleys. And specifically, we're going to talk about easy volleys and kind of missing those, having consistency problems. And we're also going to talk about specifically how to avoid mishitting volleys. A lot of people kind of have a chronic problem of mishitting their volleys. And I'm going to give you all a three-step sequence of uh, things to follow in order to uh, clean that up and, and get rid of that problem. So with that, let's go ahead and get to those topics. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's go ahead and get to today's first topic. And it comes to us from Carla in Germany. She's a 3.0 player. Carla, thanks very much for being a listener in Germany and uh, for writing. I appreciate it. She wrote and said, I have a question about the topspin forehand. If I stand a little in front of the baseline and try to hit a stroke to create angles and move the ball inside out to the sideline, the ball very often goes out. I think it is because I don't put enough topspin on the ball. My swing is, uh, is too slow or too straight. Do you have any tips on how I can accelerate the racket for more topspin, maybe with exercises at home, and as an example of that, with a rubber band or with the racket? Or do you think something is wrong with my stroke itself? Maybe too much power. Carla. Okay. Carla, good question. And you're on the right track here. And let me start off my answer by, first of all, saying that you need to be careful when attempting these angles. Angles are are great. You know, I love using angles myself. And I definitely teach angles to my students, especially up at the nets. I mean, with volleys, angles are really, really underutilized by recreational players. But from the baseline as well, they're very, very useful to open up the court. But it's important to realize that the more of an angle that you attempt, the less amount of room that you have for error. The more of an angle you go for, whether you're at the baseline or at the net, the more angle you go for, the less court you have to work with. The, the amount of space you have physically becomes smaller. And so you have to be careful the more of an angle you go for. So that means that the, when you're up at the net, you're, uh, the way that you want to be more careful is by being a little bit softer, you know, being, uh, uh, gripping the racket a little bit looser so that you don't push the ball too far, unless it's a high volume, in which case you can be a little bit more offensive. Um, when, you're on, when you're on the baseline, you're right on track, Carla. You want to use a little bit more topspin, and you're really smart to be asking about that because the topspin is what pulls the ball back down to the court again. 
And the more more topspin we hit, the more the ball dips back down, and the more the ball dips down, the more of an angle we can go for without missing the ball wide. So that's number one. The the next part I want to talk about real briefly, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page with me, is how technically or how physically topspin is actually created. There's two things that have to be present in order to make topspin. And this is just going to kind of set up the uh, ideas that I have for you, Carla, as far as drills. It, you know, if, For me, as a teacher, it's, it's always important for me that my students understand how something works. Uh, you know, other teachers... They don't really care if their student understands the the how as long as they just do it correctly. Um, you know, in, in my experience, I, I feel I feel like if my students understand the what's actually happening in reality, then they're going to be more successful, and it's going to be easier for them to figure figure things out and and do things correctly, and then help themselves in the future when I might not be there by the, by their side to help them out. They can kind of troubleshoot more easily as well if they actually know what's occurring. So to create topspin, you need two things. You need a flat racket face at contact, which means the the strings are, are touching the very back of the ball. We're not hitting the top of the ball or else the, the ball would go down and it would go into the net unless we're very close and uh, the ball is high over the top of the net. And uh, But Carlos' question here had to do with shots just inside the baseline. So we want to make contact with a flat racket. That's number one. And number two, we need a vertical racket path. The racket should be traveling upwards, actively traveling upwards, as you make contact. So that means that the racket at some at some point in time before you make contact needs to be below the point of contact. And then the racket should accelerate upwards and finish somewhere above contact. Or sometime after contact, the, the racket needs to be above the point of contact. So there needs to be a vertical upward path of the racket as contact is made with the racket face flat behind the ball. Now, the way that you control how much spin is on the ball is by changing two variables. How steep of an angle the racket is accelerating upwards. So, um, you know, if you can kind of imagine a, a line graph and you have your X and Y axis, uh, the, the more straight up and down, the more vertical a line is. And that, that line represents the path of your racket. The more vertical that path is, as you as you make contact, the more potential you have to make topspin, and the more topspin you're going to create. The flatter and straighter the overall path of the racket is as you make contact with the ball, the more drive or power you're going to make, and the less spin you're going to make. So the ball will go forwards faster on a straighter swing path, but it won't spin as much, so you're, you're not going to have that same margin for error. So that's number one. The way that we control how much spin is on the ball is the angle that the racket is moving, how steep the the angle is of your vertical uh, racket path. And then the second part is how fast the racket moves along that path. And so if you you have a very vertical path and the racket is moving very fast, you will make a lot of spin, assuming the racket face is also flat. We, We need that as well. The mistake that people make and this is probably the most important part for you to listen to, Carla, and everybody else listening as well. Here's the mistake that people make. When they go for more topspin, they accelerate the racket faster, and they think, okay, well, on my last shot, I made some topspin, 
So, you know, I've got the general right idea. So the, the racket was traveling uh, vertical, at least a little bit. So that's good. And then on the next shot, they try to hit with more spin, maybe to hit an angle like what Carla's talking about, or to hit a dipping shot, uh, etc. And they try for more spin by accelerating the racket faster, but the angle of attack, the direction the racket is accelerating um, in, you know, the, the racket path that the the, the path that the racket is traveling along is exactly the same as the previous shot, but they just make it faster. And so they will make more spin. There, there's going to be more rotations per minute. But unfortunately, when you do that, you'll also increase the speed that the, the ball is traveling uh, as well. So you'll not only increase the spin, but you'll increase the power too. And so when you increase both the ball will travel farther. And so you can't just keep the racket path the same and accelerate the racket and expect the ball to have more spin. It will have more spin, but you're also going to create more drive, which is going to counteract that extra spin. And the ball will probably go just about the same distance as, as the previous shot, maybe even further. So hopefully that makes sense. So when you're going for a big angle shot like this, accelerating faster for spin is good, but you also have to change how vertical your racket path is. That's that's really the big key here. And if, if you don't change the racket head speed and the path of the racket to make it more vertical, then you're going to miss wide. The ball will go too far. So how do we work on this? This is really what Carla's question really came down to was how can I, well, how do I do it was her first question. And then secondly was how do I practice it, which is a great question. I've got basically two different drills for you here, Carla. The first one you can do against a wall and the second one you can do on the courts. And they're kind of the same drill, but in different settings, I guess. Uh, the one against the wall, I, I recommend that you just stand like 10 or 15 feet uh, away from the wall and drop a ball in front of you. And we're going to hit slow, soft forehand shots. And our goal here is to watch the ball and listen and feel and create the most amount of spin with the least amount of drive possible. So to do that, we want the racket to really only be moving vertical as we make contact. We might have like a 90-10 split. Uh, in other words, you know, if we were to kind of create a ratio of how much the racket is moving upwards, how much momentum is moving vertically compared to how much the racket is moving forwards, we want like a 90-10 split, 90% of the racket's energy is going up, only 10% is moving forwards. And again, flat racket face, so that when we make contact, and again, we're not, do, we're not doing this fast, we're not trying to hit the ball hard, just slow, just to get a feel of the direction of the racket. And just to get a feel of what this is like, to make contact moving predominantly upwards uh, with the racket. And this is, this is something that most players don't have a feel for. They kind of just have one ratio, whatever it is. Maybe it's 50-50, you know, 50% drive, 50% spin. So that means 50% of the racket's energy is moving forwards, 50% of it is coming upwards, and that's how they hit every single ball. And so if they want to hit a little bit more of an angle, uh, they have to slow down to keep it from going too far. If you can learn how to change and have different paths of swing plane, then you can learn how to 
effectively change the ratio of spin to drive. Hopefully I'm making sense. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like maybe I'm getting just a l- little bit too um, technical here, but, but hopefully not. I'm trying to keep this as, just as simple as possible uh, so everybody can understand what I'm saying and go out and actually try this. So again, 10, 15 feet away from the wall, slow swing. We're not even making a full swing here. You want to drop the ball in front of yourself and start with your racket low and just come straight up. Meet the ball. Just come up slow, directly past it, just moving vertically. And you're uh, you're going to be watching the ball closely to see how much spin is on the ball. And so we're just getting a feel here for coming just vertical. And the other way to practice this is to get a basket of balls or you know a bunch of balls, stand on the side tee on one side of a tennis court. That's where the um, service line meets the single sideline. And then aim cross court for the opposite side tee. So again, where the uh, service line meets the single sideline. And we're trying for the same type of shot. 90% vertical, 10% forwards. Again, not fast. We're not trying to accelerate the racket. And we're just getting a feel for what it's like to hit a sharp angle cross court uh, slowly with a very vertical racket path so that we're creating lots of topspin and not very much drive. And when you're all the way back on the baseline, we're going to want a little bit different ratio than that. You know, maybe we want... 80 20 or 70 30, you know, 70% upward acceleration and 30% forward acceleration, because uh, clearly we, we do want the ball to go forwards. But the, the whole point here is to get a feel for coming upwards very sharply, very vertically, and creating that heavy spin necessary to hit a nice sharp angle and still keep it safe. And then uh, just one more thing I, w- I want to throw in there, Carla, is uh, this is really where a windshield wiper type follow through can really be useful to come up sharply towards the ball and then have the racket come around and turn over very quickly. Um, that's really a technique that's very, very useful for hitting kind of a dipping heavy topspin shot like what we're talking about here to be able to create a big angle. So, Carla, that's it. Hopefully that's helpful to you. And uh, I want to thank you very much for being a listener of the show. Thank you for writing in. I appreciate it. And if you have any more questions on this, please let me know. Best of luck. All right. Before we get to our second topic today, real quickly, I just want to remind you all about the official sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast. That is Tennis Express one of the very best online retailers of tennis gear, equipment, apparel, whatever you could possibly need for your tennis game. They have it. And with great prices and free shipping for orders over $75. And the way that you can help support the the podcast and also thank Tennis Express for being a sponsor of the podcast is by going to EssentialTennis.com slash Express. EssentialTennis.com slash Express. Uh, When you go to that URL, you'll get automatically redirected over to the main Tennis Express website, and it'll just put a little tracking code in your browser so that any purchases you make, a small percentage of that will come back to Essential Tennis to help support the podcast. So a big thank you to everybody that's been using that link to buy their strings and their shoes and their rackets and clothes and whatever else they need, shoes, anything you need they have over there. So please go check them out, and I thank them very, very much for their support of the podcast. 
All right. With that, let's get to our second question today, which comes to us from Darren in Toronto. He, uh, another international show, by the way. Great. I, I love getting uh, questions from people in other countries. Darren, thanks very much for being a listener. He's a 4.5 player and wrote to me and said, most areas of my game are solidly at a 4.5 level, except for my volleys. I have good technique, but I miss hit my forehand volley a lot, especially on easy floating balls that are coming towards me. I also hit the top of the neck cord a lot on my backhand side. I have a feeling that these symptoms are being caused by the racket head speed being too quick. Perhaps I'm being for, perhaps I'm forcing it too much. Do you think this could be the case? Do you think it would be easier to have a slow, relaxed swing? Will I still be able to get as much pace? All right, Darren, good question. I'm going to break up my answer into basically the two different topics that you have going here. Uh, the first one being mishitting volleys, and the second one being kind of missing those easy ones, hitting the, the neck cord, et cetera. Um, so, so two definitely really common issues that recreational players have. And the, the miss hits on volleys is kind of a... Uh, kind of one of my favorite things to teach, to be honest with you, because it's it's one of those things that is so simple, and yet so many recreational players get this wrong, and and it's kind of a chronic problem. Like they do it over and over and over again, and so often it's the same place. Like on, uh, and Darren here said on his forehand volley, it happens very often, and. Uh, Usually, for recreational players, when they have a, a chronic problem of, of mishitting volleys or half volleys, shots around the net, usually the ball is hitting the same place on the racket over and over again. And I, I'm going to give a three-step plan here, a s series of three steps that you can follow, Darren, to fix this and to hopefully just get rid of it and not have to... I mean, you're going to mishit some shots, right? I mean... No matter how good you are, you're going to miss hit some shots. That's just how it goes. But clearly, we want to minimize these as much as possible. So step number one is to identify where you're mishitting the shot. And this takes conscious concentration on what's going on. It'd be best to do this within a practice setting, setting uh, Darren. So maybe you're doing a, a ground stroke to, to volley rally or... Uh, really, that would be best, a ground stroke to volley rally, just you know, down the middle of the court, cooperative rally, and uh, have some kind of target on the other side, and um, have your partner hit your forehand side, if that's the side that you miss hit most often. And your job is to be conscious and aware of what it feels like, what it sounds like, and what happens to the racket when the ball meets your racket. And if you're paying attention, you will be able to tell where the ball is hitting on your racket when you do miss hit these shots. If uh, if you're going out to meet the ball with a, a forehand volley and the uh, the ball hits towards the top edge of the frame or it hits off the top edge of the frame, your frame will twist back in your in your hand. You know the the racket will twist and turn and the racket face will open to face up towards the sky. If you hit the bottom edge of the racket, the racket will twist and turn down, closing your palm to face down towards the court. If it's the uh, very tip of the racket or uh, the inside of the racket, you know, down towards the handle, um those are a little bit trickier to to figure out, but there's still a, a very different feel to both of those. 
And again, uh, sound is important as well. It makes a very different sound when you, when you mishit the ball. So be very aware, be very conscious of what's going on. And from, again, for most people, it's very repeatable. And so within like four or five mishit shots, however long that takes to, to mishit a couple, you should see a pattern. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's actually the same place all four or five times. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. It's very common for recreational players. So that's step one. Identify where you're mishitting. Step two. So, so continue with your cooperative hitting back and forth. Step two is to adjust where you're making contact with the ball on your racket and exaggerate it. This is an important step and it might might seem silly, it might seem like a waste of time at first, but trust me, exaggerate the adjustment several times and do the opposite mistake. So for example, if if you uh, you know, if you're if you've identified that five times in a row the ball hit the top edge of your racket as you hit a forehand volley, then for five more times, hit the bottom edge of your racket on purpose. This is important. Most people, when, when I when I work through uh, my students with this in person, and let's say that I, we identify, okay, the last several miss hits were off the top edge of the racket. Okay, now I'm gonna now I'll tell them, all right, now here comes a forehand volley. I want, and I'll say, listen carefully. I want you to hit the bottom edge of the racket on this forehand volley on purpose. Hit the bottom edge. So the opposite side of the racket face. I'll feed them the ball. They, they give an honest attempt to hit the bottom edge of the racket, and 90% of the time, they hit dead center on the strings. Seriously. And it's really, really interesting, and it's kind of funny. And so, you know, the student is like, wow, that, that was incredible. That felt like totally clean. That was a, like a pure shot. And then it usually takes them three, four, five tries before they finally hit the opposite side of the racket. They actually hit the bottom edge of the racket. Why is this? Because very often players get into ruts. They get into habits and they're totally unaware of it. And they, they get into this pattern of mishitting on a certain spot on the racket over and over and over again. They're not even aware of it. And so then to kind of break them from that habit and to just get them to do something different and kind of kind of recalibrate their eye-hand coordination, I will ask them to make the opposite mistake you know, five or 10 times say, okay, now hit the other side of the racket face. That's step number two. And then step three is then to re-aim for the middle of the racket and try to hit the cleanest, you know, prettiest feeling volley you can from there on out. If you fall into a pattern again, you know, if you hit three, four, five volleys in a row again in a certain spot, say, okay, all right, that's it. I'm I'm done making that mistake. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna make the opposite mistake a couple of times, and this just kind of again helps players kind of recalibrate their um, their coordination and their their awareness, I guess, of where the racket actually is in relationship to the ball. Very often, players get stuck uh, doing the wrong thing, putting the racket in the wrong place, and so it, it causes a lot of mistakes over and over again. Um, so, th- so that's my three-step cure for uh, mishitting volleys, Darren. And by the way, if you know those of you listening, if you have chronic problems mishitting shots, it doesn't matter what it is—forehand, serve, you know, backhand, volleys, whatever. Uh, you can use the same three-step sequence to be able to help 
uh, break yourself from that pattern and then ultimately, hopefully, be able to recalibrate and start finding the strings on a, on a regular basis again. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about that, Darren, is if your miss hits are random, and again, usually this isn't the case. Usually there's a pattern, but if it happens that you miss hit five, six shots, and they're all in totally different places on the racket face, then that brings me to the second part of my answer. The second part of your question was, how do I avoid missing those easy shots? Well, repeated misses on easy volleys are almost always due to an overactive racket head, meaning that the racket head is moving around a lot. And this is, in my experience, by far the number one technique mistake that people make on their volleys. And if, if you want to be accurate and consistent on your volleys, then your racket head and your racket face should be moving back and forth very, very minimally, even on offensive volleys. Now, the, the easier of a volley you have, the closer you are to the net and the higher the ball is, the higher you're making contact, the more movement you can get away with. But in my experience, across the board, recreational players tend to move their racket head around and the racket face around much too much. And so that, that just introduces all kinds of different ways to screw up and miss. And that's exactly what we don't want, especially on a shot like volleys, which are, you know, they're very delicate. Uh, the majority of them are, are delicate shots. They're control shots. They're placement shots. And so if your racket head's moving around a lot, you're going to make a lot of unforced errors. So to remedy this, we want to um, power the shot you know, as it were, most volleys are not power shots, but um, what power that we do transfer into the ball, we want to come predominantly from your core, your shoulders rotating, your core rotating, and your legs driving through the ball towards your target, not your hand, your wrist, and your arm swinging the racket head back and forth through the ball. That, that, in my opinion, is the number one technique mistake that recreational players make. They use their hand, their wrist, and their arm to hit the ball instead of using their core, their shoulders, and their legs to drive the racket through the ball and towards their target. I'm not going to get super, super detailed on the technique here, uh, but that hopefully gives you a good enough idea uh, to, to go out and practice and, and start being a little bit more consistent. Now, to answer your question, Darren, will I be able to generate as much pace? Well, if, if I'm correct in my guess that this is what's happening for you, then the short answer is no. <laughs> I mean, to be totally honest with you, when, when you stop um, swinging the racket head around and kind of whipping you know, the racket around through the ball, you're not going to get as much pace as when you use your core, your legs, your shoulder to, to drive through the ball. But with enough practice, you'll get better at it. Your timing will improve. You'll get more efficient using those big parts of your body. And first, I mean, the first thing that's going to happen is your consistency is going to go way up. And over time, you'll learn how to be firm and offensive with it. You know, it, it's, it's never going to be as much power or pace as when you whip the racket around. But with practice, it will be enough. And again, if it's easy enough, you can get away with a little bit of that swinging of the racket head, but you want to minimize that as much as possible because it just leads to so many mistakes. 
All right. So that uh, brings me to the end of my outline there. Darren, hopefully that's helpful for you, both in the area of uh, mishitting your volleys and also uh, missing on, on those easy ones. Hopefully that all makes sense. If you have any further questions, please feel free to let me know. And thanks very much for being a listener in Toronto. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for your question. And best of luck trying to clean up these different parts of your, your net game. All right. That does it for episode number 187 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you're listening to my voice right now, I just want to say thank you very much for being a listener, for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really, really appreciate it. And I, I truly hope that it's been helpful to you. It's given you some ideas on how you can improve your own game. It's always been the the whole point of the podcast. And uh, just a quick message that I want to send out to all of you that have submitted questions in the last several months. I, I'm sorry that I, to be honest, they've just been stacking up and stacking up. And, um, you know, for the first year or two of the podcast, I was able to keep up pretty well with uh, the number of questions that were coming in. And, um, you know, as time has gone on, I get more and more submissions. And it's just, the, the list is just really long right now. And so I, I want to just apologize to everybody that, you know, it's very possible if you've submitted a question, you've been waiting for quite a while. I'm sorry I haven't gotten to it yet. And and I'm open to ideas, by the way, on how to deal with this. I, I've been thinking maybe some kind of voting you know, system where people can, can kind of vote on different submitted topics and whichever ones are most popular get answered first, etc. I, I guess that might not be fair to everybody, but I mean, some... Somehow or another, there's going to be a wait for people. I, I just can't get to everything uh, right away. So, sorry <laughs> if you've been waiting. And, and by the way, if you have any ideas on how I could how I could best manage that, I, I'd really like to hear from any of you that might have some thoughts on it. You can send me an email to ian, I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. And um, lastly, I just want to remind you all to, to leave your thoughts and comments at EssentialTennis.com slash podcast. Again, this is episode number 187. If you have any questions about today's topics or any uh, general thoughts, please leave them there. I try my best to reply to all of those. And next week, I'll read a couple at the end of next week's show. So with that, I'm going to sign off. Again, thank you all very much for listening. Take care and good luck with your tennis. Tennis.